the greatest guy in the world, and uh, I loved his family. I loved Junior's kids. Uh, just so many, so many great things from that experience. And I wish that, you know, I wasn't. I could be honest with him and tell him what my problems were. But back then, you know, when you're suffering with uh, abuse and neglect, you don't want no one to talk about it. You don't want to hear about it. So you keep it inside. You know, you, you keep it in. And it's like poison. But boxing helped me too because it helped me to express my anger. For all that frustration, when the bell rang, I had to fight. And I was pretty good at it, so it fed me. And uh, I remember seeing my picture in the paper the next day after my first fight in the Golden Gloves on the back page. And, uh, you know, or the night that I was in the finals of the heavyweight open class, and I fought this guy Earl's trip. And on the back page that did news, it had a trip, a trip to the canvas, and it showed Earl's trip on the floor after I hit him with one of my hooks. So those are great moments. And, uh... What was your greatest fight, Larry? I know everybody talks about your fight with Larry Holmes, but you had a lot of other fights. You had a lot of good fights. You know, Jimmy Young fight was a good fight. The Ron Lau fight, too. You know, a, a lot of fights were wound up easy. But I think in relation to Holmes, I learned a lot that night. I, I performed pretty well for, for the ability that I had for the experience that I had and what I was doing to myself. We had a great fight and, and you know, after the fight, Bradman by the side a couple weeks later said, hey man, fuck it, nobody out there is doing taking the punches we're taking. And uh, so I really respect that fight. I mean, watching the Norton fight was fantastic. Watching the Jimmy Young fight or the Ron Lyle fight, Animal Lopez, there were so many great fights. There was a lot of great fights I had. And I had a lot of gym fights. You ever recorded any of your sparring matches? You ever recorded any of your sparring matches? That would have been nice. Jerry, what, how did you, uh, what, what moment or what day allowed you to say, you know what, I'm done with drinking, I'm done with recreational drugs, I'm going to change it right now, and you never went back. What, what, what happened to that moment?
And I thought to myself, what happened? What the hell happened to you, man? And I got scared kind of that day, and I decided to quit. So I put it down, went about my day that day, and the next morning, at 20 minutes to 11, I woke up again, hungover, in this beautiful place, all alone, saying, what happened? And I got scared that day, I cried out to God. I said, please, you gotta help me. And the desire to drink went away. And I turned on the television, this is no lie, it was Alcohol Awareness Week in the Hamptons, and this guy, George Benedict, who owns the Seafield Center, and West Hampton Beach was on talking these stories about people drinking. And I related to him. And I remembered that number, 2881122. And I called him, I got him on the phone. And I told him, well, I don't know what I need to know, but I think I might have a drink a problem. He said, come on down. And he walked me through the place. And he said, you don't got to stay here. He said, go to meetings. And that was my story. I, I, I had enough. Of, I, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. It was just no more fun. It just didn't work no more. I was lost. Do you still... Hiding from all the pain that I kept sweeping. I kept sweeping the pain under the rug. Sweeping the pain under the rug. Sweeping it under the rug. There was no more room to place it. So I couldn't avoid... And I used everything. Travel, spending, eating, working out. You know, you know all these different defects I used to avoid looking at myself. And finally... I was at wit's end. Had no place to go. I kept banging my head against the wall. And someone, you know, directed me. I think, I believe God gave me, that was a God moment I had that day, that those things transpired. And I went and saw him, and he talked to me, and I started my process. That was this month, 34 years ago. Wow. That's all God's will. God, God really uh, changed you. Will you will you say that the AA will you say that the AA meetings have helped big time? fight estimated about 10 million dollars uh with don king right yeah it didn't come out to, it came out to about eight and a half but yeah you're right you know don king was involved with it my management formed a promotional company they got involved with it and i was the guy in the dark you know that's boxing after managers and promoters and trainers and taxes and probably sparring partners and 
nutritionist and everything. Of the eight million dollars, how much did you go home with? I got it. I got it. I'm good. I'm in good place right now. I'm good. Spent, you know, I was not very spend. Uh, you know, people think it's never going to end, but I always knew that there was going to be a rainy day. I knew it was going to end, and I didn't like the poor being poor. I didn't like having nothing. I didn't like fearful and all that. And I had to protect myself. It was a tough business I was in. Look out for me. What what advice would you give kids uh, turning pro about their math? You know, I mean, because that's a lot of money. Boxers, basically, not, none of us are born rich. And this is a poor man's sport, like they say. And so once we get a certain amount of money, most of us will go crazy with it. Um, you know, whether with cars, jewelry, women, drugs, you know, traveling, entourages. What, what advice would you give... Any fighter coming up? Well, I'm going to tell you that. Listen, it goes fast. You know, you never think it's going to end. I think that when you sign a contract, before you sign the contract, take it to the boxing commission in your state and ask them to review it for you. Or find the boxing attorney and tell them to review the contract for you so you know what you're signing. You know, I, they, they had me signed to a 16-year contract, which was, was was ridiculous. But I didn't know that, so I never tested it. But you need to know what you're getting involved with. You need to know when your outdate is. You need to know when you're going to fight, how many fights a year, how much money they're going to pay you per year in each fight. And you need to know those things. And we don't, we're not trained to understand that. But a boxing commission... That's what they do. And if you go and set up an appointment and say, listen, I want to speak to your law team and I want to see what I'm going to sign here before I sign it. And that's the deal. Do it before you sign. Once you sign, you say, oh, why, what, it's all done. This is your life now. And it comes and goes fast. I'm going to tell you something, you know what? I was 25. It feels like yesterday. Today I'm 65. Right? It goes like that. Every time I turn around, it's Thursday again. It's Thursday again. The paper's out there. Oh, yeah, it's Thursday again. So it goes fast. It's not waiting for us. And this is your opportunity to take your gift, put it in the ring, and take the money and put it away. You can spend some money. You can do something. But put majority of it away. Safe. Jerry, you made an, uh, a, uh, you made a fact there that I, I had no clue about. And I think it was super interesting. You said, take it to the commission in any estate. Are they pro bono? Do they do it for free or, do, or are they going to charge also? Before you sign. It was, it was their right. It's their, that's their work. That's what they do. No, but I'm saying, let's say I, I take a fighter to the commission, right? To get that type of advice. Is that a pro bono thing that the commission does? Meaning, meaning do they do it for free?
Yeah. And they, so, and, so that's the story. And, and that's, the, that's what you have to teach these guys. And, you know, I would not have these guys in the gym boxing with 12, 14-ounce gloves. I'd have them wearing 18s and 20-ounce gloves. Protect themselves. Don't absorb those poundings that later on in your life make you forget not know where you're going. I train with 24-ounce gloves. You know, they make them. Tyler makes them. They, I, don't think, I think they might have even made them for me. But these kids are getting, you know, they used to talk about the ring wars in Philadelphia. They picked the punch of shit punched out of them all before they even got to the ring to fight. That was the manly thing to do. That's another interesting, another interesting fact you just said. Wear 18 or 20 or 24-ounce gloves. Honestly, I, I always did 16. I, even in this gym, we have 16-ounce gloves. And I, I'm very careful. But I know they had 18-ounce gloves. I did not know they had 24-ounce gloves. And if you put 24-ounce gloves, are you able to really control them? Are you able to hold them properly? Or is it going to be difficult to even swing? Managers, you had, you had Mike Jones and you had Mike Rappaport. Yeah, I mean, Dennis Rappaport. There should be a, a course that fighters should take. But you know, with now with social media and so many things that people do, even college uh, on, online, they should be able to learn a, one, a business one on one how to manage a checkbook. I just found out Fernando Vargas, his brother in law, took all his money. Fernando Vargas' brother in law took all his money. You know, Felix Trinidad is broke in Puerto Rico. You know, and his his fight with Roy Jones, yeah, yeah, and Felix Trinidad, his last fight with Roy Jones made fifteen million dollars, and he's broke. 
uh, Felix Trinidad. When he fought Roy Jones, it was a, he made fifteen. They both made fifteen million dollars. Yeah. And then, okay, you deal with it. Okay, you deal with it. Because I'm uncomfortable. It's awkward to me to look at that paper, that 10 sheet paper. It's awkward. It's uncomfortable. I don't feel good about it. So do it for me. Take the, you know, take the money. 50, you know, put the money away. Yeah, I mean, I I had a profile for Elio Rojas in New York City at the Prospect in 2004, 2005. 2004, and uh, I was supposed to get $2,000 for that fight. <laughs> I really didn't read the contract. It wasn't like I'm illiterate or anything like that. I just didn't want to, I guess, didn't want to read. I, I believed in trust, and when I got paid, I got paid $600, you know, and I found out that money that I was supposed to get paid, money that I was supposed to get paid went to another fighter. They used the ticket sales that I had and dumped it to the other fighter that I didn't get a penny. Use that joke. I like. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> oh man, Jerry. What? One more. I have a few more questions before I leave. So, Balang, you're also a trainer now. You're training kids now. You have the kid Edgar Balanga from New York who is struggling the last three fights. You know, I think I, I, he doesn't know how to throw a jab. He doesn't know how to cut the ring. I wish he could look for someone like you because you you've been in the sport. You know, you know what to do. And this kid is spending a lot of money: Ferraris, Lamborghinis, and these huge chains, hanging around with the wrong people. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. And listen, he's a terrific banger. He 
Canelo. Canelo works the body, works the body. Step to the side, right hand, knee on knee, hook to the body, hook to the body. You take those guys out. He was, everybody was afraid or fearful of him leading into this fight. And he fought with some guy, and now obviously, listen, if the guy doesn't want to fight, it's hard to look good against him. I love Edgar Belanger, but he needs to get someone to teach him how to move, how to do some different things because he was so successful that he thought that that's all he has to do. But no, as you move up the ladder, it gets harder. And my last question, Jerry, the last question of the day. Listen, hold on, hold on a second. Oh. That guy that he fought wasn't a big puncher or anything. He was pretty smart. He was elusive. But when you move up the ladder, those guys, they call you on your mistakes. When you make a mistake, they make you pay for it. Yeah. And that's when you find out what Edgar's going to be. Plus, they... Yeah, plus, uh, now they know that they have to jab and move. They got to get in. Edgar Belanger, I'm not talking about anybody, Edgar Belanger is so strong physically that if he learns how to use his body and get close to the guy, don't fight at the guy's, the guy's comfort zone is out here. You got to make him uncomfortable. You got to get inside that zone, push him around, bang his ribs, bang his elbows, do it all. There's no maybe. Uh, uh, well, let me see. Maybe next round. No, you run out of rounds too fast. I would love to help him. I think I think you do phenomenal work. I mean, he he lacks a lot of stuff. I think. Okay, I got what he needs. The jab. I got what he needs. Tell him come see me. He's got a good jab. He can use that too. Set up body shots. Get inside. Get make the guy uncomfortable. Back the guy up. But you know what it is, Jerry? They, he, he's around Fat Joe. He's around all these celebrities now. So I, I think the more deeper each day that passes, he's around the Snoop Dogs and all these other guys. Yeah. Now. He's got to put that little shit on the side and put that down and be fun to play with that later down the road. Right now, he's got to practice his skills. He's got to develop his skills. And play later. Uh, Jerry, Last the last question. So, your last fight was with George Foreman. You lost in that fight. Um, can you run it by? Like, what, what made you say, you know what? This is it for me. This is my last fight. I'm not fighting anymore.
on David Letterman. He, he told David Letterman, David Letterman said, who's the hardest punch ever hit you? He said, Cooney, Jerry Cooney. And I caught him with a nice body shot, and I caught him with a hook on the chin. But I wasn't fighting it. I was, wasn't really fighting regularly. I didn't have the, the experience. Was he really a hard puncher like that? Did he really... Of all the guys you fought, you say he was the hardest hitter? Yeah. And he was an old man, too, at that time. That's crazy. Holmes was the, Holmes was the smartest. Yeah. He wasn't that old. He didn't have much wear and tear. And he was a puncher. He didn't have to be fancy Dan. He just had to cut the ring off and get close to you. So he never took a lot of abuse, a lot of punishment all his career. So he wasn't that old and as far as ring age. You understand? Yeah, and you have a company named uh, Jab, right? No, I, I, I was involved with Jab. I was involved with Fist. Unfortunately, they're not working now. Uh, we helped a lot of fighters, and I'm, I'm grateful to see that over in or in um, the zone is starting up a company to help fighters with retirement plans. I love to hear that. It didn't work out for us. It was a, a tough gig. You helped one of my friends, Carl Williams, Carl the Truth Williams, who fought Tyson. And uh, I got into boxing really because of him, because I followed him a lot. I used to talk to him a lot, and he was one of my good friends, and I miss him. And he talked very highly of you. You got him a job as a security guard, you know. He always talked to me. Absolutely, and that's why they call you the gentleman. You know, you're you're a gentleman everywhere, every time. You were kind enough to do this a, a second time. No, no, you are. I, I, when I, every time I see you, I go, this, this guy's. I gotta shake this guy's hand before anybody. Teofimo Lopez on the last one actually came to me, and I. It's not that I didn't see him, but I was looking to shake your hand first. You know, I gotta shake hands, hands because. You know, Alex Ramos was is my cousin, so I wanted to go to you. And I think later on, when I went to talk to Teofimo and I was with my friend, he didn't want to sign anything. <laughs> he was just pissed that I kind of like bypassed him. Sorry to hear that. No, but it's it fine. He, he, he could get over so, it. So, so, so listen, now that's the story, right? You think about a guy with all this success beating Lomachenko, a guy that was just a phenomenal fighter, made great champions quit. In the corner, Tiafimo Lopez, his father, found a way. They, they gave Lomachenko Lomachenko's game and beat him. I felt so I was I was involved with him. I was at his training camp a lot, a couple two or three days a week, watching him train. And, and and we talked a lot about you know the people talking bad about him. This and I said, well, listen, if you want to every Monday for an hour feel bad, go ahead. 
But when that hour's over, you get back to work. And he did it. And he did an amazing thing. And listen, he was injured when he fought that Gambosa. And, you know, so listen, he did his history. A lot of people don't know that the boxers go through so much mentally, physically, spiritually. You know, it's it's a big thing. Jerry, thank you so much. Uh, you know, one of the nicest guys, the gentleman. 28 wins, uh, 24 knockouts, 3 losses for Michael Spinks, George Foreman, Ron Lau, uh, Jimmy Young, Larry Holmes. Uh, hope my friend, Call the Truth Williams, get a job. You know, trains kids. Always in every event, dressing sharp. <laughs> you look like you're always in the Oscars with those suits. Um can't wait to see you again. Definitely, um, I would love to take you out one day to eat. You know, as as I'll be honored to do that, and um, also invite you to one of the shows here. Um, you know, I, I always like to, you know, show the kids. You know, certain of the old school fighters. I would love to give you a little plaque and, and maybe even hang it up here in the gym because it's 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 always good. It's you're a New York fighter. You're a New Jersey guy. You know, you're you're a fighter. You know, where can kids or, or fans follow you, Jerry? Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, I'm on SiriusXM. So, you know, I, and, you know, I, uh, it's very nice when you say those things to me, you know, like I say, like, I don't really need to take those bows anymore. I love the game, I love the people. I'm a people person, that's what I am, people person. And uh, so anyway, listen. Absolutely. But you say you were on Facebook and Instagram. What's the name so they could follow you? Jerry A. Cooney. Jerry A. Cooney. Okay. I'll let them know. We're definitely going to clean this up. And uh, maybe in a few months more after we post this, you like it, we could do a second round. Sounds great, brother. Thank you. Have a good night, and thank you so much for giving me the opportunity. Peace, Jerry. Peace. Bye-bye.